April 22nd, 2006. It's a Watt from Pedro show. Thank you. 
Canada, and this is the Good City Rock Show on WBAI. With me today is Richard Hell, whose new album, Blank Generation, has just been released. Richard, it's nice to have you here today. Thanks, Bob. Nice to be here. Richard, I'm sure um, everyone would like to know. I mean, we've read many stories, and in a lot of ways, your reputation and all the articles that we've read precede your your uh, your first album. Uh, what what I'd like to know, and I'm sure the listen, listeners would like to know, is your uh, how it all started. Basically, uh, we've come to know you first through television. How long were you well, with television? Well, I think there's very many people that know me through television because it was such a long time ago that I left television. Uh-huh. The audience that came to shows at CBGB's at that time was maybe uh, 50 people on a good night. You know? Maybe there was one or two concerts towards the end. I mean, we got a lot of press. But still, it was um, there weren't very many people that saw us, and there's not very many people that um, associate me with that group anymore. Was there at a time I heard uh, was there a conflict between uh, you and Tom Belaine at one time? Or is that, was uh, is there any truth to that, or was that part well, of the yeah, reason? That's why I left the group. But um, you know, I don't think it has much news value. Yeah. You know, I mean. It, it, was it more of a question of uh, artistic freedom? Did, did you feel limited? Because now with your... We just, it turned out we had completely different aims, you know. When mm-hmm. the group started, we had that our aims were um, mutual. Mm-hmm. And, and they gradually split. So, so from I, television, it went to the Heartbreakers. How did that all come about? Was that uh, a group that was formed uh, completely from um, point... Zero put well, together that, uh, with a specific um, direction? That I got a phone call from uh, John and Jerry a couple of days after I'd left television, and they had just um, decided that they were going to split from the dolls. They were in Florida time. And uh, so At that I point, thought it would be a great break, you know, because I really liked the way they both played. And, um, yeah. and and I, I really didn't have any other kind of plans at the time, except that I wanted to, you know, get back on stage as soon as possible. <laughs> was there a turning point? You said, like, in the beginning with television, uh, when you originally started playing there, that the big crowds weren't there. When, when did you see all of a sudden the big crowds and the press and everybody uh, starting to realize what well, was going on? I always had people that came to our, to our gigs were press people. Uh, um, Towards the end, um, and the word has spread far enough that um, eyes were going. A couple of other bands had turned up at that time. It was just uh, Patty had just started playing with with musicians. Um, I don't even think she had a drummer by the time I had left the group, but uh, she was putting on shows in rock clubs. And uh, the Ramones also um, were playing. Had I had started playing at CPGB's, so they had just begun to, to develop a genuine, um, you know, scene following for the groups. Hmm. How come, uh, how did uh, the break with the Heartbreakers occur and then into the, the Voidoids? Um, well, the Heartbreakers, um, I'm trying to think how to describe the difference between the two <laughs> partings with the, uh, 
Uh, nah, it's more of the same kind of reason. Yeah. John, I, those guys, um, uh, uh, they, they really resisted, um, um, me asking them to do anything than what, than what they had always done, you know. Mm -hmm. um, well, are you going to say like now with the voidoids? Is this? Do you feel comfortable now? Is is, is this your real uh, art? Your uh, yeah. real expression? This is Richard. Well, that's what's the difference between this group and those group. Is, this group didn't just um, um, uh, didn't just kind of sort of arbitrarily fall together. You know, yeah. um, this group is very carefully. This is uh, an expression of, of Richard Held. Well, we're, no, no, we it's just that I've made very sure. Yeah. I mean, by the time I began this group, I knew exactly what I wanted to right. do. And I made very sure as I was talking to each potential member right. of the group um, and playing with them that they had um, the same intentions as right. I did. Right. In other know, words, it wasn't a matter of getting people that, that would, um, um, you know, uh, uh, they submit themselves to my will, you know. I just found people that had the same intentions, you know. Maybe the thing to do right now is to go to first two cuts, Love Comes in Spurts and Liars Beware on Richard's new album, Blank Generation. Okay, we're back, and this is WBAI in New York. We were just listening to Richard Hell's new album, Blank Generation, and we heard Liars Beware and Love Comes in Spurts. As you know by now, Richard has joined us in the studio, and we're that talking with him. That sounds so mean. I said I gotta be evil from now on. <laughs> rest of the show. I'm evil. Well, well, let me ask you. Well, what? What? Um, <laughs> you you would consider yourself, I guess, a punk rocker. How how do you define uh, punk rock? I know we've you know it's probably been gone over over and over again, but but you're probably one of the the first people to really start with the look, uh, the the hairstyle, all these things, which has been. It seems to be picked up by the the English and really gone uh, berserk with the whole style. I mean, how do you define punk? What what is well, that? I mean, to me, is a real strict definition of um, a style of music that had its first um, uh, incarnation in the uh, late '60s in America. It was it was it was the music of. Um, Bands that were influenced by the Rolling Stones, but didn't know how to play instruments, and influenced also by, a whole lot by um, uh, psychedelic groups. But they they were saved from the uh, horrors of the kind of psychedelic mu music that San Francisco groups like Jefferson Airplane and Grateful Dead made, because they didn't know how to play. The instruments, you know, so they kind of they would combine the uh, uh, aggression of, of somebody like Rolling Stones with um, the pretensions of somebody like Jefferson playing the Grateful Dead. But since they couldn't play, being that pretentious didn't hurt them, you know. They would just write these really hilarious songs uh, about, you know, journey to the centers of your mind and stuff like that, or else, um, real aggressive, um, macho kind of songs, and, and they were born in garages, you know, and uh, it was, it's the 
music is on the, uh, on, for instance, the Nick Cave Nuggets album, you know. That's what punk, that's what punk music means to me. It's something that's in the past. And um, when, for instance, my, all the groups I've been, have been inspired by that type of music. Mm -hmm. But the development you're talking about with, you know, the costumes and stuff that, uh, that what's identified as punk today, um, uh, and the purest of the groups that are playing now and, and are members of that, um, that movement do have something a lot in common with the sound I'm talking about is punk. But there's a whole lot of groups that have gotten their names associated with the movement in one way or another that are, have absolutely no um, you know, uh, relationship to that kind of music, but um, the people who write stories for news magazines and stuff, um, you know, they're aware oh, they're of really that kind of musical history, so they just, um, you know, just, they've, they've made the word meaningless, you know, so um, I think it's preferable to use new ways, doesn't offend me to use new ways. Because um, you know it's so abstract, general kind of term, but it also is talking about something that's definitely going on. You know, it's not a lie to say there's a new way, but it is a lie to say there's a punk movement and then write about uh, Blondie and television and right. any number of groups that really um, make you know when punks applied to them make the word meaningless. Do you think any of the, the groups or um, so-called groups that have visible... Where's my beer? <laughs> um, visible images stick to that image? Will people... Uh, will, will that take away some of your own uh, freedom as far as expression that, say, right now New York is well aware of what's going on. Say you go to the Midwest or different countries... Uh, it's actually, will people be expecting well, to see certain... Well, that's the point now that it, what, when, for instance, when I first began doing certain things that are identified with, um, uh, punk, you know, uh, that, it's now gotten to the point where it's a costume show, you know, mm -hmm. so it's lost all of that original meaning as well. When I was in L.A., um, this weekend, since it's actually had a punk fashion show, you know, and um, there are all these kids coming, just a chain of stuff, you know. I mean, and part of um, what it meant to me even was um, the, uh, uh, the, you know, the thrill you get by um, looking cool, but bypassing the people that would expect that would exploit you, you know. I mean, you don't look cool by going to the most expensive um, department store and selling out your money. You look cool by, um, uh, um, you know, uh, taking it into your own hands, you know, and demanding that whatever you do, people regard it being cool, you know. But now it's just become a trend, you know, and this stuff and it it's no different from um exactly what we were uh reacting against, which was the glitter movement in rock and roll, you know, really like we, 
um, it's gotten to the point where it's it's more of a costume show than glitter ever was, you know, which defeats the whole purpose of it as far as I'm concerned. Is it possible? Uh, the purpose was that, you know, you can be poor and, um, um, and, and, you know, not, um, obsessed with your appearance and still be the coolest guy in the lot, you know? <laughs> right. But is it going to be possible for the, the groups that, in a sense, that do represent uh, that point that you, you, you can be cool, you can be, uh, say, you know, not financially uh, uh, set, whatever. I mean, as things happen, and I think most of us, I think you might agree that it's been a struggle for a lot of people, but as the struggle gets a little bit easier in a monetary sense, is it going to be, uh, would you, will, uh, is it necessary for the, the groups to maintain that uh, certain sincerity? I mean, what, it, when, as uh, record sells, it might be easier to go into... Oh, I tell you, talk, I... I, I can't conceive of the problem because it's so distant from me right no. now. I mean, I'm certainly in no um, uh, threat of appearing to be um, posing by not having very many clothes because I'm not making no money. Um, I'm being accused of posing by people all darn day and night, but um, so far that one I can definitely um, squelch, you know, that... Um, I could that um, uh, is that point that made by my my the lack of quality in my wardrobe is is uh, deliberate you know is that why the cover of the, your album uh, I, I, it has you without a shirt on is, is that <laughs> I could have worn a shirt I admit it. I do I do have a shirt or two in my wardrobe so that, <laughs> that was that was a conscious choice let me ask you this is uh. Uh, was there was there ever a time where you felt you know super frustrated? Where you, does this does this affect you as far as you know leaving a group or things are happening? You don't have a group to perform. You want to get back on stage. Uh, does that affect you? I mean, is that can does that do things to your head? Well, um, I've been real frustrated a lot, not because I didn't have a group to go on stage, or because the problems I was having in whatever group I was in. But also, really, um, I've been working hard at this, you know, for two or three years now. Uh, um, and sometimes I, I really have doubts about it. I, I get real frustrated. You know, it just can't happen fast enough for me, you know. Um, and when I see the kind of situation you've got to face going on the road and stuff, and you don't make money for a long time, none of these groups are making money in the road yet. There's not a single, you know, there's, you know, say the ten groups that got an album, none of them are making more than expenses by touring. Um, and, uh... What are the rewards, then? What, what, what keeps you in it? I mean, is it... Is what makes it all worthwhile, even at this point where it's still a struggle and, and it's still, in a sense, pitching pennies at time? I mean, uh, what makes it all worthwhile? Well, you know, you either got to die or try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, would you, can, in a way, can you look at rock and roll, the whole new wave, as uh, an, the American dream, one of the last places... Uh, 
where it, you know you can really test the system as far as uh, uh, well that's a, definitely a big pill of rock and roll is that you can um, you can get all the benefits of that of what you're talking about supposedly without sacrificing any integrity or anything uh, of a teenager, you know, you can still be a complete teenager, act like it all the time, and do whatever you want as a teenager, you know, and still have all those things that, um, um, uh, all, all those, you know. Why, why would you say that, All those uh, capitalist rewards, you know. Why does, why does the system, uh, allow, allow that? I mean, or, and, uh, is, well, the, label the system is built around um, consumer buying power, and teenagers have a lot of consumer buying power. So, um, if naturally, teenagers are going to go for other teenagers. And so that makes it possible for you know, if if four-year-olds had money, um, there would there would be um, you know a whole lot of four-year-olds. If, if, if four-year-olds got $10 allowances a week, there would be four-year-old millionaires. Right. <laughs> Was, how, as far as the record companies go, are they, um, or with Sard, did they give you the, the freedom that you wanted? Uh, did you feel that there wasn't oh, there was yeah, something that you... Oh, yeah, that's what made the, that company attractive to me. Because you know, we were talking to a number of companies, some that were a lot bigger than Sard, but... Um, that's something that that Seymour, the guy who runs the company, is, is um, uh, very very frank with you about, and and it's and uh, and he means what he says. He gives you he he really gives you control over your own record. Okay, we're talking with Richard Hell about his new album, Blank Generations, and let's go back to the album. We'll start out with Betrayal Takes Two, followed by Down the Rock and Roll, Down at the Rock and Roll Club, and Who Says? We are back, and I'm Bob Alexander, and I'm speaking today with Richard Hell, and we've been listening to his new album, Blank Generation. We heard Who Says, Down at the Rock and Roll Club, and Betrayal Takes Two. Uh, Richard, uh, your, the title of your new album is Blank Generation. Is, is that your uh, quote-unquote message uh, at this point in time? Is that how you see things uh, right now as far well, as... Uh, when, when I wrote that song, uh, I was about the second song I ever wrote. It was in 1974. And um, uh, it was sort of a, a joke. Yeah, it was. It was based around the idea of saying. It was the idea of it was. Um, I wanted to, to um, sort of, uh, you know, uh, describe myself and protest about the conditions that made me feel that way at the same time. But the the joke was, and the thing that was built around was. I was gonna, um, and it was like a genre song, you know, like in movies, they have genre movies. Mm -hmm. I saw a genre of generation songs, like, who's my generation, 
there was a song in the 50s called I Belong to the Beat Generation. And, um, uh, but I was gonna, gonna, um, sort of, uh, trick the genre by not committing myself to saying what, you know, what there was about my generation that, um, differed from any other generation. It's just gonna draw a blank. Did you, you know? think God? And, and it was like a joke, you know? And, uh, uh, and it's so funny because nowadays people know that term more than they know the song, right. you know? And, um, there's a lot of writers who, you know, uh, display the depths of their, um, depravity <laughs> and insincerity, you know, and, um, ignorance by treating that song as if it exploited an already existing trend, you know, as if, um, see, they saw the word before they heard, they saw the phrase before they heard, knew the song existed, so they treat me as if I'm exploiting something in a real pretentious way, um, I'm trying to, you know, grab the fire of leadership of the that's a movement or something, I don't know. And, uh, you know, but the fact was that I wrote that song before there was any punk movement at all, you know. At the time that I wrote that song, not only was it no movement, but I expected my audience to take it as half a joke, you know. And um, at the time I wrote the song, we were the only group in the world that, um, uh, that had short hair and torn clothes and... Um, safety pins put them back together and um, we regard ourselves as complete outsiders you know that you know we felt like we were in the tradition of the Velvet Underground that um, we'd never arrive at a point where anybody could accuse us of posing because there was no reason to pose like that because who'd want to be that way you know we thought we'd be completely rejected by the, everybody you know, and it just turned out that that wasn't the way, so now we get accused of acting that way to capitalize on something that existed before, when in fact it didn't exist before. You know, I don't know if I'm making myself clear, but I hope so. Well, let me ask you now, when you, uh, in a sense, that's uh, part of the, 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 the excitement of rock and roll. Uh, do you ever try to figure out, uh, when you're writing a song, where the public is at, what they want to hear. Is that something that you concern yourself with when you're writing a song, trying no, to... No, uh, no, because, um, uh, you know, from the first day, first song I wrote, I always thought of myself as being a complete reject from the world, you know? And uh, I had no vested interest in anything, so there was no way that I could profit by attempting to write a certain style of song. I was using rock and roll as a means of finally finding a, a, a field where I didn't have to disguise what I really felt like. I mean, that was the whole point of, of rock and roll. That was the whole appeal of it, was you don't have to pretend to be other than you actually are, you know? So um, it has turned out that a few of these um, songs apparently you know, are, um, 
you know, ha have meaning for somebody else besides me. And, uh, you know, that's real gratifying, you know. But to me, that just encourages me to continue writing stuff that um, in, has no object except to satisfy myself, you know, because, uh, I mean, that's, you know, it, 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 al it already has shown itself to be more effective than I ever could, dreamed it would have been, you know. Does that make it easier to write songs? I mean, I shouldn't have expected to see, open up Time magazine and see this, uh, an article headlined Anthems of the Blank Generation, you know. Does it make it easier to write songs knowing that what you are saying is being, is turning on uh, people? Well... Does that give you more freedom to write? At the same time, I, you know, I'm, I, I, have, I haven't really uh, been... Uh, it hasn't been established that people like them enough to buy them yet. You know, so I don't know yet. Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> how, how many people, really, is it necessary for an artist to... Uh, uh, turn on for an artist to, you know, feel satisfied. I mean, does there come a point in, uh, in uh, rock where, uh, you, you know, know, you I start worrying I about... I the story about this copyright thing, that, as long as we're talking about that, like, thanks, but I can think to Richard. On my way up here to the station today, and I opened the mailbox and I pulled this out, and it's a letter from the copyright office. <laughs> Using copyright for plane generation. Do I have enough time to tell? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, plane generation. I didn't know what he was saying anyway. Because, okay. um, uh, well, to get songs copyright, you have to have lead sheets made up, which are, which are, um, what just music written out. You know, the words of the song underneath the lines and the notes on the lines. Everybody knows what that looks like, right? But the way they make them is the people do it professionally. They just listen to the tape, and they write the word underneath the note that you're singing that word. Now, if on the tape you aren't singing a note that's a true note they could establish as a true note of this system of lines and spaces, they make an X instead of drawing usual, you know, circle or something like a quarter note or an eighth note or a sixteenth note. They just put an X there, <laughs> and blank generation is all X's. <laughs> There's not a note in the song. In the sense, <laughs> according to the way I sing it, so they're refusing me copyright. <laughs> and I think we should protest. Uh, <laughs> but isn't that what? Listen, um. What is singing? Birds sing, right? Birds are the classic singers. Birds are the singers that we all admire, right? Now, do you think a bird sings in little round quarter notes and eighth notes? But the copyright is offices refusing this bird here. It doesn't make much sense. <laughs> it's copyright. Just because it's not in the human system of little round notes. <laughs> it, 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 I want everybody that's listening to write and demand that hell gets copyright for blank generation. Is that okay? Next Fine. question. <laughs>
Uh, is that possibly also what uh, possibly the opposition that the whole new wave music is coming up against? I that it is not within. That now. And now everybody knows that they can make a blank generation, write it in. And but it won't be the same. I hope I know your listeners are honest. They wouldn't do that, would they? They could tell by the mail. I could still legally win, friends. It's uh, I know I know. Do you think uh, that? The new wave music is up against this uh, opposition to a structure that, you know, part of the, you know, just taking from that as a metaphor or <laughs> as, as something uh, to say that, you know, the new wave is well, presenting just, uh, something I new. I don't think this is uh, really relevant to that, but you're right. I mean, how That's new is sure. the new wave as as compared with... Uh, it's not that it's new. I mean, um, there's something the, about it that's, uh, you know that people are, are liking. Well, that's the best tradition of rock and roll, is being an outlaw, you know? I mean, um, um, it's really... I was reading this guy's um, memoirs, who was Bob in Brooklyn in the 50s, and he described how um, when at the Alan Freed shows... What, do you know the name of the theater where he used to throw those at in Brooklyn? No, I don't. Anyway... Paramount. Paramount, right that there would be guys there that would go get tickets for every show every afternoon and plot out, watching, plotting Jackie Wilson's moves across the stage. Because um, <laughs> he apparently had a pattern that he followed, and he would move real fast, so they couldn't, throw, they couldn't hit him with the bottle on the first day. They'd go every day and figure out where he was going to be next and catch him with the <laughs> bottle on the fly, you know? I mean, that's... That's just um, facts of life. Middle America you know? ready for and Richard Hill. Please don't like that. No, you no, performed it. <laughs> so true. Is Middle America ready for uh, Richard Hell? Are you looking forward to going out into uh, completely, um, say, uncharted uh, audiences that are, are really look at new wave punk as being really new? In New York, here we've been, you know, listening to it for. Uh, a while now, but still in different parts of the country, in different countries, uh, uh, it's still pretty much new to them. Uh, I do want a bodyguard. <laughs> do you really feel that, that some of this hype that uh, in England, like uh, I understand you're, you're leaving to go on tour fairly soon for England, that possibly this uh, concept that punk rock is violent, this and that, and that almost to the point where maybe the groups uh, uh, want this kind of violence to to happen. I mean, are you worried about that? I mean, to any degree that there that you might get hurt. I think about it. You know, um, I've been in enough threatening situations where. Um, but if it got to the point where I really saw some, I don't know. In England, they spit at you for to show their approval. You know, and. I'm a little skeptical about that, but if they really, if it really means they like me, <laughs> but you, you know, you get used to anything after all. Show. All that applause, you know, can hurt your ears. Uh, I mean, um, it's like kissing them, I guess. Really, get a little dribble on your face. You know, it's like uh, communion.
Watt from Pedro Show. That was some uh, television from 1975. Oh, man. Okay. Speak on your mic, brother Matt. Hey there. There you go. Good morning. I thought we only had one side there. Uh, that was television from 1975, a tune called Judy, live at Mother's. Before that, we had a, well, I don't know, 35-minute interview with uh, Richard Hell, WBAI, 1977. In prime form. Yeah. Uh, WBAI, a Pacifica station for New York City. And Richard Hell telling us why we should use New Wave instead of Punk. <laughs> I don't know if he'd say that now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was the moment, too. I mean, Richard is very astute, right man, and those were trippy times for him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Just before he going to England for the first time. So an interesting take on those days. I was just getting out of high school. Well, I'm uh, class of 76. Uh, oh, yeah, we started with uh, John Coltrane doing Big Nick. Uh, this April 22nd, 2006, version of the Watt from Pedro Show. Brother Matt, we got a guest. Yeah, Rick Czar, welcome back to the homeland. Yeah. Thank you. Come over say hi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just say hello, and it's great to be in San Pedro. I want to say thanks for Watt and, and Brother Matt, and uh, I love you guys so much, and this is great. Thank you. Yeah. He's yeah. going to jam later on with Brother Matt Spin Cycle on the slidage in yeah, uh, Dobridge. 12-string last night down at uh, Sacred Grounds. All right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll do, grab a 12 for a little plane. Oh, I do cool, these cool. Does that, yeah, that got a plug in? Yeah, it does. Okay, nice, so, yeah. so we'll put you yeah, in awesome, and meld it? the sounds. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm in my paddling outfit. I came straight from <laughs> paddling. We're doing an early morning on... Sabado, uh, my last gig tonight, local, uh, before going overseas with Stooges, Iceland, Norway, France, Switzerland. I'll be back uh, May 11th. So, whoa. Well, that was a weird sound. Yes, yeah, sounds Somebody's like telegraphing. Morse code. <laughs> okay. Mayday, uh, mayday. Some more tunage here. Watt from Pedro Show.
from Bedro Show. That was some Flaming Lips with Vein of Stars. Uh, before that, we had Hold Your Terror Close by Go Team. Uh, Yuka Honda before that was Some Days I Stay in Bed for Hours. And we started with Draining a Lake. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So, <laughs> strange. Uh, I don't know if there's a theme around all that. But, uh, Instructions on how you ever sometimes, drink a lake. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you know, I'm looking for a good band name or a title of a tune, you know. Got enough generic, man. We need some boldness. That's, it's not supposed to be meant as a criticism. It's more a devotional be real yeah i would it, my hopes would have it that way uh you know don't want let's flaunt the negative thing too much there already is something else so do your thing because <laughs> there hasn't been it hasn't been done yet yeah and if all them xerox machines get broke maybe 
you know, having enough jobs as uh, Xerox machine repairmen might not be the best possible option. You know, maybe they should stay broke or just enough to get flyers printed, but not tunage, not stories, not movie, not poem, not painting. That has to be uh, well. I, what I would consider vital to keep fresh and in the moment and bold. And if you go down, okay. But you know what? Down the road, people might pick up on it. And stuff that isn't affirmed in the moment, it's an investment in the future. Planting seeds. Yeah, seed planter. Seed toss. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yep. <laughs> so, Rick, you are you on tour? Why were you playing at the Sacred Grounds Coffee House San Pedro last night? Um, well, actually, I'm I'm not on tour, but I've been playing for finally the last couple of years playing professionally and um and not touring but just doing upstate new york um and i came out to visit my uh relatives and they're up in san fran so i booked a show at a sacred grounds up in san francisco and played that and then i came down and played the one down in san pedro and um but they're um, not connected are no they? they're not it's just so funny i was it's just the searching the name. web just trying to book and i thought well dave just got me this one i'll try another sacred grounds and the guy got me up there and but I am going on almost 50 gigs since January of this year. So I'm playing real regularly um, in upstate New York. And I've got some shows in New Mexico and Colorado next month. And I'm playing at some bluegrass festival outside of Nashville in um, July. And then we're moving out west. So I'm kind of trying to do my thing and be real and play a lot of guitar. And um, it's taken me a long time to, to finally quit the real job world to just try and play and stuff and it's been the most rewarding experience oh music life, can man. be a real job believe me I'm oh yeah yeah i should say my first time doing music as opposed to other jobs it's a different yeah, job different yeah. yeah yeah he had some bitching jobs though lightning globes yeah uh, i actually back. worked for the guy that invented those things for a long time and it's, well, it's hard to see that on the radio but that's like a device Plasma almost like a yeah but it's triggered like a color organ sound, yeah. yeah so our voice yeah. is like uh, manipulating a little Tesla Blaze yeah. with the blue, orange, and uh, whatever. Oh, well, we're at the end of the first hour, April 22nd, 2006, Virgil Watt from Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour two. April 22nd, 2006, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Is flying me, changing the change and the changing me. Locked to a door that has no key, and I have never been so free. But I'm not crazy, no, 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 no. I'm not crazy, no, 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 no. I'm not crazy, no, 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 no. I'm not crazy now, I'm not crazy now. Summer frost and the winter bright. The ride is alive and the day is night. I write the words I cannot write And throw all the rest away in spite But I'm not crazy No, 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 no I'm not crazy No, 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 no I'm not crazy No, 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 no I'm not crazy now I'm not crazy now 
from Pedro show that was some uh, my shining hour by the Dan Hick trio I think Johnny Mercer song uh, the Dan Hick trio from Seattle uh, drummer there is John Wicks and he's uh, accompanies me and Money Mark when we do the Los Punkin Heads jams here in San Pedro once a month at the Sacred Grounds coffee house where Rick Czar played last night who in a little bit is going to accompany on an improvisational tip 
a collaboration with Brother Matt and Spin Cycle. Yeah, cool. But first, let me tell you that before uh, the Dan Heck Trio was from Madrid, a band called Von LMO with a tune called Be Yourself. Uh, we were trying to detect the accent since it said Madrid. Uh, I guess every kind of spiel is an accent in its own way. It's just like when people say something is, uh, there's no order to it. Well, randomness is an order, isn't it? It's a random order. Yeah. yeah. And we start off the second hour with I'm Not Crazy by the last something uh, Joe Nolte gave me. In fact, I got the only one, I think. Uh, last recording in 2006. Uh, he said the album might be called The Last. This is a band that's been around almost 30 years. But anyway, without further ado, it's my privilege and uh, just way into it. Brother Matt and his spin cycle with Mr. Rick Czar on the 12-string guitar. Yeah. Y'all ain't from around here, are you? Where you boys trying to get to? The swamp. All right. You stay on this road right here. You go down this road here. You go down a ways and you come up on. Come to some crossroads. Keep going. Some crossroads. All right.
But you're a couple, especially when your body's double duplicate, and then you wait for the next Kuwait, karma, coma. coma. 
Watt from Pedro Show. Uh, that was Hurt Mold. <laughs> That's a name, huh? <laughs> Brazilian band. We uh, just heard three Brazilian bands it's following Brother Matt's uh, <laughs> spin cycle. Rick Zar collaborating yeah, with him. Thanks. Uh, anyway, that was Hurt Mold with Mini Otario. So something in Portuguese? Hurt Mold. Maybe they had a Hurt Mold. <laughs> I don't think that's uh, <laughs> Portuguese. Before that, we had Van Damien, which is a very Portuguese-sounding name. Uh, kicking Down My Door. But, uh, yeah. I guess this land. We should have a contest, maybe. I play the song, and, and you guess the land, or try to, that they come from. Uh and before that, Forgotten Boys with Get Load. Not Get Loaded, but Get Load. And, of course, before that, Brother Matt Spin Cycle with Rick Zar on 12-string. Uh, and um, your Dobro slide. Yeah. And, Rick, that was your first time on the slide. All right. That's what... Uh, <laughs> What from Pedro shows for springboard. <laughs> Get you diving off into new realms, different realms. Are you from the hill or the part that the got Crestwood RPV'd Road. out? Crestwood, yeah, the Merrillist. Okay. But you're far back there so nobody can hear you. Yeah. Oh, he knows Tuan. Yeah, yeah. All right, we've had Brother Tuan on. He's good people. Yeah, he might be coming down. Oh, cool. Well, we're at the end of the second hour, April 22nd, 2006 edition of Watt for Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour three. April 22nd, 2006. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Here's part N of Moon Over Morocco. However high the eye may rise, it will find the eyebrow above it. El Kaba and the little Flossie and her band of men were not far from the palace of the Sultan Hassan Bizel when Jack was carried off on a great winged horse. Well, the horse turned into a hollow log and Jack fell straight smack back down into the desert where he landed with a splash. Good grief. I landed in an oasis. On one palm tree oasis. Probably bigger than a washtub. Jack, where did you come from? Well, I... I just dropped out of the sky. I guess so. Who are you? Who am I? I'm Sunny Skies. You remember me, don't you? No. Really? Why did you call me Jack? That's your name, isn't it? Jack? Jack Flanders. Jack Flanders? Hmm. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Tell the Countess that Jack Flanders has arrived in Tangier. I'm staying at... Yes. You know, now that you mention it... Yes. It should. That's you. And I... I sort of remember Jack. you. Boy, you really have a suntan. You look like a native. Hmm. Apparently, I've been acting like one, too. 
I'm really glad we ran into each other. You know, everybody here is like from some other world. I've noticed that, yes. What is that? Hmm? That gold thing you're wearing on your forehead. Can I see? Oh, yeah, sure. Is it solid gold? It is the golden eye of El Kaba. Far out. Have you heard about it? From somewhere, yes. How did you get here? I don't know. I can't remember. Until you arrived, I was beginning to think this was it. This was the real thing. Where I'd come from was the dream. Yeah, I know what you mean. Is this place an illusion? Well, no. No more than any other place. You, uh... Am I? You seem fascinated yes. by this eye. I guess I, I am. What do the sands Shh. say? A queen, a Sora, and a king, Hassan Basel, almost snuffed out poor El Kaba. Almost? Yeah. He was riding on a wooden horse and fell into an oasis. By the might of Allah Almighty, he is saved. Yeah, but that was a mean, low-down, dirty trick. Those slippery sons of dogs. Boy... They're going to pay for this one, boy. As luck would have it, there's a profound proverb that applies here. Yes, what? He who drives an ass must of necessity know its wind. Know its wind? Come on, man. El Kabar's in trouble. El Kabar's in trouble. Archway. We are very close, huh? As soon as we get through this, we'll be one realm away from the palace. You will use the magic. I'm gonna give it to him good. After that last one they pulled on poor El Kava. You use mortar magic, huh? Yeah. I'm gonna lob it up and over and right into their soup.
explore you, my lord. If only I might borrow the eye, even for one day, ah. the accursed ones will quickly be destroyed, for the power of the eye is... No, no, no. The purpose of the eye is to further our cause, not decrease it. And if we are invaded and still you refuse me the eye, I assume you consider that furthering. What I consider furthering, my queen, is for this subject to be closed. It is questionable the degree of satisfaction I will have by saying I told you so to a head spiked upon the palace walls. My patience grows mighty thin, dear queen. It is said ten dervishes can sleep under one blanket, but two kings cannot find room in one empire. Get out! Perhaps we will have a new sultan who will also be my lord. Out! Out! Damnable creature. One day, I'll have her tied to the bedpost, and I'll pluck her toes off one by one. My lord has been given his last chance. For soon, I will have not one golden eye, but two. A voice? In the pool. Can it be a water sprite? Closer. Yes, come, show yourself, friendly water sprite. Is it gone? Sprite, are you there? Let me hear a word. Or, or give me some gesture of your presence. Here's a gesture in your eye. Ah! Oh, you beastly impulse drown you in your own fluid. Where are you? Show yourself. Where? Up here. In the, the date palm. Or the fig tree. Ah! Overripe fig, I'll kill you. Where are you? What is that? What's happening? We are being bombarded. My queen, my queen, take cover. We are in a siege. What are they using? Overripe fruit. Look out. Ah! You, what was that? A watermelon, my queen. What's going on here? Look out. What is that? Watermelons, my lord. Oh, a king could get flattened by one of those. Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. My lord, the chain of command has been sniffed. I'll sound the alarm myself. Overripe watermelons. Indeed. And still you refuse me the eye of El Kaba. Oh, shut up. I believe they have our range, my queen. So... The child of magic manifests overripe watermelons. Well, we shall see what a professional miz of magic can manifest. Ha ha ha! Queen, those seats are slippery. Are you hurt? Not as hurt as that little squirt flasique will be when I get through with her. Come, Marmaduke, to the tower! Over the ground, there comes a sound. It is the drum, drum, drum of hoofbeats in the sand. Quiver with fear, 
if you are near. It is the thunder of the shadow and his band. And oh, thunder, learn to understand. The battle has begun. With the aid of her magic, the Queen Azora combs the great desert to find the enemy. The little Flossie bombards the palace with watermelons. Jack is at the oasis. The Contessa and the old Fatma plot to get Kelly into the invisible realm. Meanwhile, Mojo's with Lila. Kelly's in his room. Sonny's somewhere, and Hassan Bizel is ducking watermelons, and the Grand Wazir is squeezing figs. Unhappy is the man who has no nails with which to scratch his head. So the iron man with the Jack Flanders in the invisible world. We have not yet failed. A little time elapsed. Peut-être that is all. No, no. The golden eye of El Kaba has been missing four, five, six thousand years. But you, Fatma, cannot wait one week. I have a plan. A plan, a plan. Oui, oui, this time, we use Sahar. Eh? And how you plan? We use the owl. Uh, and we use this. What is this, a few hairs? From the stupid head of Kasbah Kelly. Ah. Oui, with the owl and the hair, we lure the Kelly out and we get him. Ah. That was a nice siesta. Is Sunny? Sunny? She's not here. Oh, I hope she hasn't wandered out into the desert all alone. She doesn't know a thing about... Wait a minute. The Eye of El Kabah. It's gone. Would she steal the eye? I don't know. Maybe. Yes. There's tracks leading out through the sand. I just hope it isn't another trap. How is the queen doing up there? The queen will have their range any moment, my lord. Well, tell her to hurry up. These watermelons are destroying my palace. Look at this throne room. There's juice and seeds and rinds. It's disgusting. Disgusting. It's dangerous to walk around with this. That was close. Where the hell are my advisors? Call the Grand Vizier. Send for the Grand Vizier. Grand Wazir! 
my lord? Yes, yes. I'd ask you to pull up a cushion, but they're all soggy with watermelon juice. Watermelon juice? Oh, my lord and king most high. Oh, beloved protector of the weak, defender of the strong. Oh, bright sunflower in the sky. Oh, big dipper in our eye. Enough. Sit down. Enough. I see the melon mortars have missed the fig bowl. Listen to me, O Wazir. The sky rains thick with watermelons. With watermelons. Mm. Mm, Fantastic figs. You are the only one I can truly trust. We must form a plan, quickly. Quickly, yes. Does not the Queen Azora prepare her magic in the uppermost tower? My Wazir, know that it is only a matter of time before that magic will be turned upon me. Upon you, yes. Mm, Such figs. Such figs make a wazir's earlobes flat. There is a saying. I have been saving it for you, a wazir. What is that, my lord? It is he who eats when he is full, digs his grave with his teeth. (coughs) With his teeth? Uh, (coughs) Uh, Yes. uh, uh, Yes, a plan. Let me see. There is a saying. A dog on the run can safely be kicked. And who is on the run? Who is on the run? There is another saying. If fate throws a knife at you, there are two ways of catching it. By the blade and by the handle. Ah. Look out! Oh, the power! Tell me. Oh, Wazir. What if fate throws a watermelon at you? What then? Quack, quack. Quack, quack. The Kelly is asleep. I light the candle. When the Kelly hears the owl, he arrives, but as in a dream. Then he comes here to the graveyard and warns in the graveyard he is ours. All ours. So. Ladies. Ah, that is him. Where is he? 
He will appear. Hello, ladies. Where? Where is he? I'm aware. On top of the tombstones. Ah, Mustafa. We have another mission for you. I hear. You will escort this man to the invisible world. I hear. Fatima, why does he not do that? You come on. You understand my wish? Perfectly. But he does not move. You may execute my wish. Take this man, Kelly, to the invisible world. I hear. He nothing, he does nothing. You comprehend? I hear. You hear, then obey. I am a storyteller, nothing more. I don't care what you are, obey. It is not for me. Before, you have always obey. Before, it appear I obey. Simply, I tell story. But, my what does it mean? Explain. I tell story. And story, you do what you do. Now you do no more. It's gone mad. You now tell us what to do, monsieur? No, no. I tell story. You do what is in story, so it is written. He is mad. You contest. You understand what I say, for that is part of the story. No, no, no. Shut him up, Fatima. Shut him up. She cannot. For that, too, is written. Shut up, shut up. I do not write the story. I only tell. Get him out. You be gone. Very, very crazy. I tell you story. The Comtesse know very well what the storyteller meant. She asked for the chalice. For by bouncing off the head of Mustafa, she thought she could stop her own story. But she missed. Mustafa, though very humble, was also very quick. So next, Comtesse asked for brass stick and took aim. But once again, Mustafa is quick. So it is written. Next, the crow's wing. For the Mustafa go in circles. <laughs> now the two women no, no. argue, so the old crone she throw and miss also. Next is also chosen, but the Mustafa too fast. He starts in opposite direction. Comtesse, no. She does not want me here now. She want the past. She want future. Not now. Silly woman, eh? Can I take so? Run away. Run far away from the story. Very silly. But lots of fun. In fact, both women run. Run away. Fat chance. Hmm? It's easy to carry on war with a spyglass. That old...
sending those watermelons, little child of foolish magic. For from here, in my tower, I will soon have you pinpointed. Ah, there. There you are. Near the fifth arch, eh? cigar-smoking brat. Down and down you go. Round and round you go. Now we'll see how much fun fear can be when my thunderbolts rain down upon your soft. Sunny came this way. Where, though? Where is she? She must have taken the eye and then... Hey, wait a minute. What is this? An iron ring. There appears to be a trap door beneath the sand. steps leading down. This seems very familiar. Keeps going down and, and down. Ah, oh, here's the bottom. There's an aluminum extension ladder. An oval mirror. Now... I seem to be inside a wall. This must be what I think it must be. Uh-huh. Here's the sliding panel. Jack, 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 is that you? Auntie Jowls. Jack, what a very pleasant surprise. Uh, I- I'm afraid I'm just passing through, Auntie. Oh, too bad. On another thrilling adventure. Yes. Uh, you haven't seen a girl, have you? Uh, about this tall, no, no, hair, no, wearing... no, no one you has visited Infamous. Darn. I guess she didn't come this way. Well, uh, why I really are you have dressed to. Just like Lawrence of Arabia. Have you been following my recreant husband about Lord Charles? I've been to the Sahara Desert. I should hope so in that get-up. Andy, I really oh, not to... even a cup of tea, Jack. I, I, I'm sorry, it's really urgent. Jives will be so upset that he missed you, please. Well, I'll, I'll visit longer next time, promise. Please do, and spend some time with your auntie. I really Jack. must hurry. Good luck, Jack. If I can be of any service... Thank you, Andy. Oh, Jack, Jack! You can trust the storyteller! She could have gone over that hill. Over there. My queen, Azor. Yes? The rain of watermelons has ceased. Good. That little nuisance is pinned down. So, 
Elkabai is separated from his men. Now I will find Elkabai and snuff him once and for all. I've got to get that eye back. I'm almost to the top. There. Circles. Can you adjust the focus? It's the vertical hole I'm working on. When you do projection of the mental picture upon the wall, does it assist to play piano? No. And why you do? Well, when I was a kid, first learning piano, I used to turn off the sound on the TV and play along with Roy Rogers and Tom Mix and Red Ryder and Little Beaver. Who? Cowboys. So now that I'm grown and working on projecting, I figure, why not play along? But I can't play and talk and project all at the same time. You can do the talking. Ah! The picture's returned. Ooh, there, there is someone. from another and, and just sends it on. All alone. I'm beginning to actually see El the energy Kaba. that moves across the Earth's All surface. alone. Dance gently among those stone circles, dear enemy. It shall be your last dance. I think I dear now understand enemy. how these circles work. We shall have this last dance. But for what purpose did they wish together. to put them together? Unless. What was that? This this place is so filled with energy, it's becoming alive. Yikes! Lightning bolts are falling out of the sky. Yow! Azura will kill him, but slowly. Slowly, but definitely. The way it hits and, and just shatters across the valley, igniting the circles, spinning from one to another. <laughs> For it is the monster is but one hole is soon caught. Hey, somebody's trying to make cinders out of me. 
She don't have nothing to do with that queen you were serving. No, no. My queen, may Allah be praised. Never seek power like this one. She would help such a fool as Drac. For it is said, when you put your head into the mortar, it is useless to dread the sound of the pestle. Can you help him? I will obey you. I will try to help. Goodbye, Mojo. My master. Hey, wait, wait a minute. I'm not doing... I must fly. Excuse me. Who? It's me. Yes, what? I have found what I was sent for. So? You said you would help me return. Help you? Let me see what you have. It's an eye. Such a fool. Like my lord, he never knew how to use power. <laughs> May I have the eye back now? <laughs> well, there is a saying, my dear. Nourish a raven, and it will pick out your eyes.
for the echo uh, that was P2 I wonder where they're from don't know just some guy named Penston anyway the band's called P2 and that was a track called Buried P2 for you folks who don't know was the name of a uh, cabal that was up in the Italian government, military, some crypto, Masonic, fascist. Uh, there was a banker found uh, hung. I guess they called it a suicide, but it's very strange. Waterloo Bridge in London. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. 
but parts of it was used in Godfather 3. I don't know what the connection is with uh, this P2. Uh, before that was uh, myself, Ray Barbie, and uh, Carlos uh, De La Garza with a tune called Can't Stop Bob. And uh, we started the third hour off with part N of Moon Over Morocco. Just uh, two more parts left. And uh, another mind movie with Jack. Be all sewn together. Jack sure gets around. <laughs> right. Jack gets around and trips hard, but he ends up discovering things he always knew. Just had to prove it to himself. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I got in the mail a CD from Iggy, CDR, him singing in a mini disc, and Scotty on a little toy drum set, Ronnie on a tiny guitar, and... Um, Miami, you know, Iggy's a little pad. And uh, 13 songs on there, and it was written on the CDR, was uh, Secret Plan. And so it's the songs to the new album. So I've been cool. jamming on that every day. Cool. Iggy wants me to come over uh, for three days in August, just me and him, and nail down what he wants on the bass. And at fall, we're going to record Steve Albini. Bitch. Probably in Chicago. That's the plan so far, anyway. Cool. And uh, yeah, some great songs. And uh, of course, it's scary. Three days with the boss. But I'm into it. Yeah, new adventure. Yeah. Yeah, he knows what he wants. Uh-huh. So it's it, it's quite true. He told me, you know, let's fiddle with it, Mike. You know, come up with your lines and then we'll hammer it out. Cool. We don't waste anybody's time up in the studio. It'll be just me and you. <laughs> All right. All right. I get to see him next week. And uh, Scotty and Ronnie, Steve McKay, and all, the whole team, Josh, Rick. So they have brand new songs? Or are you re- There's one song. He said uh, number six, track number six. Yeah, I wonder what the name of it is. See, I don't have names for them, but I can kind of guess. But he says we might be doing that one in Paris, so there might be a new song. Uh-huh. But mainly still for these gigs in the summer, it's going to be uh, what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure when we make the album, that's what the gigs will be mostly of. And I know we'll tour the U.S. Cool. A proper. And uh, instead of just these one-offs and stuff. So that'll be neat because a lot of people... I know there was a couple New York City shows at Detroit, New Orleans... And of course, yeah, Coachella was the getting, first one, but that's about it for yeah, the U.S. people been getting teased if, they, yeah. if they're not around one of those cities. I get a lot of emails like, why is it all overseas stuff? Uh-huh. You know, what about us? But it's coming. Be patient. Mark from Pedro Show.
plastic leg But I still feel the pain I'm plastic caffeine Give me chances to shine As my head hits my spine I'm a hero to
Didn't mean to uh, echo you out there. 
that was uh, the Bent Mustache <laughs> with a song called Soma. S O M M E. Somme. Is that the Somme. French River? I don't know. That river in France, there was big battle. First war there, a lot of English guys killed. And Germans. Um, before that, we had Gushi. <laughs> That's G-U, second word, S-H-I, I think Gushi. <laughs> by PK-14, a Chinese band. And we started off with Evil Knievel by Stuffy and the Fuses. They sounded English. Chinese um, guys didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that, brother. Matt. <laughs> uh, heading off tonight to do that uh, gig. It's Jonathan Hall's birthday, so it's kind of a birthday party for him. Um, Dose is playing, and then with Backbiter, I'm doing the Blue Oyster Cult, Red and the Black, and uh, Minuteman party with me, Punker, with them. So. Cool. Mr. Teasball, stage now sideways. Arlo's still there, a weak uh, PA still. Sounds like a bunch of wet sleeping bags covering the <coughs> speakers. <laughs> but uh, there's a good vibe there, and I love Arlo. And then we're going to hook up this week for a little great. digitizing, huh? That's right. We're going to make a digital version of the real double nickels on the dime because uh yeah the and one day it, it will come out but for at least for ourselves we're gonna yeah th- another edition of what from pedro show the uh, april 22nd 2006 one brother matt thanks so much cool thank you uh visitor rick czar yeah, had to leave at yeah. the beginning of the third hour but that was righteous yeah, great having rick in town yeah jamming him. along with the spin cycle that was neat yeah and, uh, yeah, last show until uh, middle of May when I get back from this uh, Euro jaunt with the Stooges. But uh, I hope to have a lot of spiel for you about that when I come back. So till then, keep your powder dry. <laughs>